You are tuned in to Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast, sharing Indigenous history, topics, and community stories. Hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. Skug Thash Atham, first big thank you for tuning in to episode 16, the first episode for 2020. Today's special guest, who is the owner of Mirena Mobile Boutique, located here in Strukshan, is here to share her story. Maybe you've seen the mobile boutique throughout the city of Tucson, and if you haven't, then you'll definitely want to listen closely to how the story goes. Thank you for just allowing me this opportunity to be here. First episode of 2020, a magical year, not just for me, but for a lot of us people in the community. So thank you again. Yeah. So if you could please share with the listeners who you are, where your family originates and the kind of work that you do. Well, back in 1984, <laughs> no, um, native Tucsonan, born and raised. I like to tell cool. folks fourth generation Tucsonan. Nice. Been here. My parents, grandparents, great-grandparents probably, great-great-grandparents. I want to do that family tree soon. Cool. They've been here in Tucson for as far as I can remember, or or the Sonora region, which this is partially Sonora still. Mm -hmm. These are where my roots are from, born and raised. And I went to Troya High School, graduated, went to the University of Arizona, Bear Down, and went to UCLA Los Angeles um, in 2008 to pursue my master's degree in urban planning. So I like to say that because I feel like that was the seed planted for my journey now and for my Mirena Mobile Boutique journey, mm-hmm. learning that critical theory and research mm-hmm. back in my UCLA days. Yeah. And recently I moved back to Tucson, my hometown, which I love, last summer. Mm-hmm. But I started my Mirena journey in 2016. And you know how in life there's a lot of a combination of yeah. episodes that you could mm-hmm. look back and, and put them all together. And, and that's how the seed was planted. The core of it was really when I became a mom mm. to my daughter, Sophia Luna. Now I have another beautiful mm. baby girl, Mia Sol, my oh. son and my moon. But when I became a mom, that was like my identity mm-hmm. um, shifted. You know, I didn't fully understand the role, but also it was a role that... I embraced and that I was so happy for, and I felt reconnected to my grandparents, my especially my nana, Erlinda. Um, I was really close with her, and when I became a mom of a daughter, my grandmother had passed away two years prior in 2012, and I knew I wanted to keep her legacy alive in some way, and I didn't know how that was going to be, but also I always wanted to be a boss. I always wanted to be somebody that my daughter could look up to and say, hey, if my mom could do this then maybe I can. So flash forward, I guess, when I was turning 32. Uh-huh. Um, 32 has always been a funny number for me. I think <laughs> going to Troya and seeing Sean Elliott's jersey oh, up on that yeah, wall, yeah. 32 was always like that number, <laughs> like, dang, that's a cool number. Um, But I always told myself by the age of 32, I want to have a business or I want to open up a nonprofit. I just want to nice. do something that's going to be the legacy that I could carry on for my daughter at that time. And also I knew time was kind of like ticking. I have always had this vision of by 32 and I was approaching my 32nd birthday and that summer before I'd always come back and forth. 
from LA to Tucson, Tucson to LA. I always, my family's always been here and I had that, um, I was telling my mom the other day, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd always try to make family yeah. gatherings oh. or, or um, <laughs> just feeling like, you know, Tucson's always, the desert has always grounded me. It's always been yes. a spiritual, magical place for me. And this is what I tell my daughters um, now raising them here. I'm always like, babies, these, this is magical land. It's just so spiritual. And I would always come back and forth. And there is a trailer. My dad, Renee, he's a handyman, always out waking up early in the morning, <laughs> feeding his horses, his cows, chickens. That's how I grew up in the house that raised me mm-hmm. on the southwest side of town by Casino del Sol, by New Pascua. My dad had this trailer, and I remember driving with my mom, and I said, Mom, stop the car. Whose trailer is that? (laughs) And prior, I always had this vision of creating a mobile something. Mm -hmm. In L.A., there was a few mobile boutiques that I came across, and I was like, oh, Oh. that's cool, especially having studied urban planning and appreciating the streets and the street view and not feeling restricted. Mm -hmm. I've always had this thing of I don't like feeling boxed in. Yeah. And I don't know if it's too much coffee or just (laughs) feeling like a butterfly, feeling like a hummingbird. Mm -hmm. Like I've always wanted to not be consumed, not be tied to one single box, you know. So I've always been fascinated with this mobile concept. And I said, whose trailer is that? And my mom said, oh, it's your dad's, you know, a piece of junk. Uh. (laughs) Vacant, just sitting here, taking another piece of space here in in this land, you know. You could drive by something and see a piece of junk. And that's something me and my dad, we've always, like, appreciated. And I feel like I've connected with my dad on that because I could drive by vacant buildings, vacant houses, old cars, classic cars. Mm -hmm. And they look run down to certain people. But for me, it's like a diamond. Like, wow, what magic can come out of this this infrastructure? What what Mm -hmm. can we create to grow? Mm -hmm. And I went inside the house and I said, Dad, whose trailer is that? And he's like, oh, it's mine. (laughs) I don't know. I want to fix it up and take it to the beach one day. And then I said, go on Google. I want to make a mobile boutique. And at that time, I wanted a FedEx truck, honestly. I wanted to be the driver, like (laughs) driving this truck and selling clothes and pulling out all these racks. And (laughs) that was like my vision just Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to, again, like make my dad feel like he had to drive and or whoever drive something. I wanted to drive it. But he's like, mobile boutique, huh? And then I started Googling and showing him some images in L.A. that some trucks that I came across. And it's funny because when I lived in L.A., and like I said, I'd always come back and forth, especially when my grandmother was alive. I'd come with a purse or mm. with a with a sweater, with a dress. And when I'd walk into my grandmother's house, she'd always say, wow, you look so nice. Or, hola, mi reina. Or, oh, or yeah. always making me feel like, okay, thank you. <laughs> like, you know, I'm ready, ready for the weekend or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But she always had that special gift of making anyone not just me, all her grandchildren, her daughters, making them feel loved. And I started getting a lot of compliments on certain products, like a purse or, hey, Celine, where did you get that dress? Where did you get that shirt? Mm-hmm. It's because I used to shop in L.A. Mm-hmm. When I was in grad school, you know, being a grad student, you're super tight. Yeah. <laughs> you don't spend money on anything. <laughs> yeah. And the money you spend is like on food, coffee, and mm-hmm. necessities, books, computer stuff, whatever. I had a good friend, Sonia, shout out to Sonia, who introduced me to the fashion district in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We'd wake up early, like six in the morning. The earlier, the better. And a couple of us friends, we'd go down to downtown Los Angeles, and they introduced me to a whole world of fashion. Wow. And this was all the designers, the makers that their clothes on a Saturday morning for sale before they would ship out to like Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale's, mm-hmm. Dealers, Forever Twenty One. It's like the wholesale market. And I would spend, we would spend hours in. 
hours, hours, just looking at clothes, feeling them. We couldn't try mm-hmm. them on. That's the only thing. You can't try on the clothes downtown because uh, there's no dressing rooms. There's <laughs> Everything's out. There's people. Yeah, there's vendors. It's all outdoors. Yes, people selling hot dogs, hustlers, people in their PJs, people walking <laughs> with carts. And yeah. it was just like excitement. I love mm-hmm. shopping like that. I'd rather shop like that than go down to a big fancy yeah. market. And to me, that was like, okay, we would do that quarterly. Mm-hmm. Or I would do that quarterly, especially um, as a busy mama and someone that was working and just mm-hmm. trying to juggle all the roles I was having. And I would shop and bring unique staple items back home whenever I would come visit. And I would tell people, oh, and then, they, you know, they would cut me off. You got it in L.A. or you got that in Los Angeles. You got that in downtown. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're like, Celine, can you bring us some stuff back? All right, cool. Like, I'll bring it back. Yeah. So I would br- I would do a little shopping, a little extra for some um, family and friends. And I would bring them a shirt and tell them, hey, mm-hmm. you won't find this anywhere. Because I would ask the people, like, where does this sh- ship to? Do you ship it out to Tucson? Or mm. usually it'd be like in Tempe or Scottsdale or Phoenix area. And then I was thinking, you know what? If these women feel good, like how I feel good, then I want to, I have something kind of in my brain. You know, I've never yeah. been a really fashionable person. Mm-hmm. As long as something fits comfortable and um, yeah. I look in the mirror and, and I like it. You know, me and my mom, we always used to go um, shopping like at thrift stores, Twice as Nice, Salvation mm-hmm. Army, um, yeah. Factory to You, Mervyn's. <laughs> I guess the mall was too far for us, too. It was Uh like a 40-minute drive from the house where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So we never could really just say, hey, let's go to the mall real quick and go buy you a little outfit. Mm -hmm. I've never been the type to be like, oh, I need this name brand. But if it felt good and it fit right and I felt comfortable for the day, then I felt confident. So after after I had my daughter, everything had kind of changed, altered a little bit. My physical, mental, emotional state just was out of whack. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to a mall. Find some clothes. Some I needed to get some pants that fit me comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter, I think that at that time, she was like six months. And it was a mall near my house at that time, um, Fox Hills Mall, oh. Culver City. And man, I remember, I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it because <laughs> I was so overwhelmed shopping. It's probably when I started like to get a little anxiety. And mm. I went in the dressing room and she was crying. I had to probably change her diaper or feed her. And I remember coming out with a big stack of clothes and no one really asking me hey, do you need help or how are you yeah, doing? And I'm yeah. big on customer service. And yeah. I'm like, damn, if I'm going to spend this amount of money mm-hmm. and they don't even care who I am, like, what am I doing? Yes. So that's when I really started to really think, I want other moms. If I'm going through this, I know other moms are going through this. Or not just mm-hmm. moms, other women, you know. Mi reina, it's brought so many reinas to my life that have gone through triumphs and obstacles and Moms, non-moms, grandmas, sisters, but it's been a safe space for people to try and close. So in 2016, when my daughter was, I think, two at that time, and like I said, I was turning 32. I told my dad, I gave him a timeline. It was August. I said, I want this done by November, December. What do you think, dad? (laughs) (laughs) And um, it says 1961 Siesta Liner. Cool. And my dad at that time, his baby was a 1957 Chevy. Oh, okay. He wanted to fix up that truck. Mm-hmm. And that truck was his baby. That was his first model truck out of high school. He said he used wow. to drive that to Pueblo High. Wow. And when He's he had kids. Wow. Yeah. No. Well, it wasn't that one. It wasn't the same one. He had to sell his oh, original truck after he had us. Yeah. And after he got married, you know, mm-hmm. life calls, got mm-hmm. bills to pay. He yeah. had to sell that truck. And he said he oh, he always missed that truck. <laughs> and so he he started to build that from the ground up his mm-hmm. Chevy truck so I had to put a little wrench in his plan <laughs> and um 
give him double duty. But thankfully, my dad, he saw my sparkle, I guess, in my eye. And he knew mm. how important it was. Yeah. And that was the trailer was really what connected us miles apart. I would call him early in the morning when I'd go to work in the city of Inglewood. I'd call him before 730. Hey, dad. What are you going to work on today? And he would break it down to me or so-and-so is coming over. He's going to help me oh, cool. while this or so-and-so is going to come. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to uh, knock down the wall and we're going to put this. And he would just break it down mm-hmm. the interior, exterior of that trailer. And I felt like I had a big piece of um of that even yeah. miles apart. So it was kind of like our baby. Cool. A lot of sweat and tears still. Mm-hmm. A lot of sweat and tears into to that truck and trailer. And when he finished it, it was like we couldn't believe it. It was like it was <laughs> it was something it looks really awesome. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see something no, like that it, cruising around. No, my dad loves it, and I love <laughs> I love watching him. Like we look at, and then we love like just feeling the the air and pulling mm-hmm. down the windows. And now he has a radio in there, so oh cool. It's been fun traveling and going different places throughout Tucson. We mm-hmm. even had a little pop up in Venice when I was in LA, and that was a little stressful because of traffic out there. But <laughs> but <laughs> oh um, yeah, you know it's been it's been a fun journey. And nice. doing that with the, the project with my dad has been something that I'll always hold dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that I was able to document that through pictures. My mom would take yeah. pictures and text them to me. And when I oh, nice. moved back, That's it was awesome. Yeah. And we have a mural out, Mal Dominguez, a local artist. She did. She put our truck and trailer on a mural at House of Neighborly Service in really? South Tucson. And I have to check that out. So that was a pretty cool day. Even though yeah. I was in L.A., I was really emotional because I'm like, damn, dude, like. When my daughters get older or when I'm no longer here, um, they're going to be able to take their granddaughters and or their grandsons, whoever is in their life at that time, and show them, yes. hey, look at that was Selena's vision. Mm-hmm. And it, it's you could touch that mural. You could see it. You could take mm-hmm. pictures next to it. And it's just really cool because um, my grandparents raised their families in South Tucson, mm-hmm. you know, both grandparents. And there's a lot of history in that community of city of South Tucson and just that area in general. So we would drive down the streets and my dad's probably the only person in the in the U.S. that doesn't have a cell phone. Wow. Even now? <laughs> Even now. But wow. I'll ask my dad, who lived here? Or where? how do I get here? How mm-hmm. do I get? He's like my GPS. He's my little compass. So oh, it's funny because nice. we drive down the with Mirena and the truck and trailer. <laughs> and he was like, let's go there, this way. I'm going to show you this house. Or I'm going to show you this oh, building. This yeah. what, this is what used to be here. And mm-hmm. and, and it's pretty cool because um, I, I appreciate the streets a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I see the streets a little different in the truck and trailer. Mm-hmm. Even when I park and pop up somewhere and certain people from the community come out because it is really oh, eye-catching. Yeah. I could have a table and put out some pants and sweaters, but mm-hmm. the truck and the trailer is like, yeah, it's it's that, that cream on top that yes. makes you want to co- go and take a picture next or just mm-hmm. check it out. It, it brings mm-hmm. back a lot of nostalgic or nostalgia, I can say, for a lot of people. You are listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast with host Tina Andrew and special guest Selena Bajarras, owner and curator of Mirena Mobile Boutique, a fourth generation Tucsonan who moved to Los Angeles and received her master's degree in urban planning from UCLA. And today, Selena's work consists of advocating for social, cultural, and economic development initiatives for the community of Tucson, most particularly South Tucson. So stay tuned as Selena continues to share her story right here. I've had some people come into the trailer and say, you know, my mom and dad, we lived in a trailer like this when we were little or 
Or, oh, I used to have a truck, or I used to have a truck like this in 19, yeah. what is that, 1957? Oh, oh wow. okay. You know, so it's kind of <laughs> cool. It breaks a lot of conversations. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little icebreaker for a lot of people. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, talk about the pop-up shops. I know I've seen that on your Instagram page. And also, if you can share how the community has embraced the mobile boutique on the different areas. And what are the most areas that you find yourself in here in Tucson? Yeah, the pop-ups. It's funny because I was really reflecting a lot on our pop-up journey. And so going back in, and when we started in 2016, that was like my dad's timeline. I don't know. I mm-hmm. had this itch, like, if it's not going to get done, I'm going to have... um self-doubt you know I gotta do it now dad let's do it let's just do it and um back in 2016 I have a uh, some good friends of mine shout out to the common group Jesus and Memo they own a lot of commercial buildings on the southwest side of town and mm-hmm. there was a commercial um parking lot 702 West Irvington I believe where mm-hmm. there's some businesses there between um Irvington and 12th before the freeway mm-hmm. and I was really inspired by their story yeah buying commercial property and in I mean, just having to study uh, community development, economic development work, mm-hmm. and seeing how these guys local from the community going in and investing, reinvesting in the areas mm-hmm. that help raise them as well. Um, there was an article in the paper, and I remember going on a train with my baby back to L.A. Yeah. And reading that article and about how they were doing a lot of commercial development work. Mm-hmm. And... I went to high school with Jesus, and I sent him an email and just said, hey, can I host a pop-up <laughs> in yeah. your parking lot? Because especially in L.A., a lot of folks when I lived in L.A. would say, why don't you do pop-ups here in L.A.? Or why don't you bring nice. the truck and trailer? And I'm like, first of all, two things restrict me. Parking in L.A. Oh, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and space. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of space wow. that you could do events, creative events like that. Mm-hmm. So it's always be- oh, yeah. been towards just Tucson. I said, I want to do a holiday pop-up on, on Tucson south side of town. And mm-hmm. and I knew a lot of local makers and business owners, entrepreneurs, or aspiring entrepreneurs yeah. at that time. And just kind of doing a little Google search of, is there any pop-ups on this side of town where, you know, where I grew up? And I didn't see that many. I did see some, there's still a lot of folks doing some creative work here in Tucson, mm-hmm. but I didn't see a lot on the south southwest side of town where you could support the local economy in that yeah. way and yeah. when i was in la i learned a lot i'm very grateful for that opportunity having lived in la for a decade i would mm-hmm. go to a lot of events like that even though there was nice malls shopping centers mm-hmm. i always like to support the local mom and quote-unquote mom and pop stores those folks that I could speak directly to and ask them, hey, how did you make this headband? Or how did you make this shirt? Or what was your inspiration? I love to have those conversations because you knew that you weren't just supporting that product. You were supporting someone's dream. So I always had a vision of doing that on this side of town. And luckily, when I spoke to Jesus and Memo, they were like, pop up, yeah. And then Jesus was like, wait, what's a pop-up? <laughs> and we laugh till this day because now we're trying to do a lot of little pop-ups and yeah. and stuff in their spaces. And I was trying to describe it. And they're like, yeah, dude, whatever. Like, you can here, the parking lot's yours. Like, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Man, that day, I remember our holiday pop-up, we had almost 200 people come out. It was like Mirena's launch. Wow, so I, cool. You know, yes. call up all the cousins, the family <laughs> members, my friends, mm-hmm. the, the neighbors. Hey, come through. Yeah. Come check out this mobile boutique. Mm-hmm. Um 
It was awesome. And then we had, you know, I had a cousin. He has a gym here, Jet Multisport. And he was doing some exercise out there. And I had another cousin that does like waxing and she was doing eyebrows. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a cousin that make, <laughs> nice. works for Make Way for Books. So it was like a family thing. Yeah. But it was also you got to see local community folks that mm-hmm. are from Tucson. Yeah. Born and raised just like me mm-hmm. selling their work, artwork or their products or their glassware and mm-hmm. just supporting them but also not just supporting them we're supporting a whole community yeah i had a lot of folks come out and from across the street from the houses and i i remember my first customer or first person to step inside me reina was a young girl probably at that time i think she was probably like 11 but her dad was like this is awesome i've never seen anything in this area Wow. Can you please do more of these events? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's the goal. I'm just starting out. Today's our first day. But the young girl, she was like looking at all the shirts. I remember she was just like touching Mm. the clothes and she bought a headband. I remember she bought a headband that day and (laughs) just looking and kind of like in awe. Yeah. And that was like, I was just like, yes, like this is, I want, I want, those are the folks that I want to touch, you know, Mm -hmm. folks that that you could tell are like inspired or Mm -hmm. just empowered in the younger generation for sure. Yeah. So that was our launch. And now I, I that I'm here in Tucson, I've been trying to do a lot of like events, community building events, because the clothes, it's a part of our journey mm-hmm. and the fashion. But it's really about bringing people together and celebrating each other through like self-love events, nice. empowerment, healing. I, I remember I had read a quote from J-Lo. She said if she could wear a, like a brown potato bag. Yeah. But if she feels confident in herself, feels good inside and feels physically, mentally, emotionally stable. She's going to rock that potato sack. <laughs> and she probably will. And probably a lot of us yes. will go out and buy a potato sack. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I try to, like, tell myself. If I'm not feeling good inside, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, however that may be, mm-hmm. if I could wear the most beautiful sweater and look in the mirror and not feel good, it's not going to yeah. feel good. Yeah. So my whole thing right now has been, like, trying to heal myself but also trying to heal those around me the reinas mm-hmm. around me through events and also give others opportunity so i've been just doing like a lot of pop-ups or creative um, partnerships with local organizations my area of focus is has always kind of been the south side southwest side of town yeah just because those are the streets that raised me mm-hmm. i could tell people before i went to la i could get anywhere in tucson from ajo irvington and yes. valencia <laughs> And then when I moved to L.A., it was a whole nother beast of the freeways and 10, 405, whatever. Mm-hmm. But those are the streets that I would see. I don't want to say the most need, but probably the less invested in. Yeah. You know, true. I know I had a class at the U of A. I don't even remember the professor. And I wish I knew because I wish I could shout him out right now. Mm-hmm. Because I remember he asked the class, if you all had money to invest in a side of town, where would you invest and at that time, Irvington Spectrum was kind of up and coming, uh, you know. Yeah. But I had raised my hand and I said, Irvington, you know, south of south of the freeway. And then he was like, oh, no, I would not invest in anything south of 22nd. Wow. And I was thinking, I was so mad because I'm like, dude, does he not think we shop on this side yeah. of town? Does he not know I buy yes. my groceries here, my, my clothes here? So that really stuck with me. But it's also mm. like a form of motivation. Like, I'm yeah. going to go into the areas that no one wants to go into. Yeah. I love to go into the different hoods, the different barrios, reservations, mm-hmm. places that people overlook. Yes. And, and also the most connected, I feel, as mm-hmm, well. Because, mm-hmm. these are the, like I said, these are the streets where I drive, where my parents drove, where my grandparents drove, where I'm hoping my babies will drive, my grandbabies. So it's just, for me, it's been really um, reconnecting with my roots as well. 
going into the areas yes. that there's been stories before and there's going to be stories after. Yes, well said. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I mean, you've shared so much and I really do thank you, you know, as our time is coming uh, to an end here. I want to definitely thank you for coming to the studio today. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you. And uh, before I'm going to read my closing thoughts, if you want to share any shout outs, anything like that to whoever you have that time to do so. Well, first, I would like to gift you with a with yes. a Reina sweater. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this is something that's been in my mind for a long time and getting mm-hmm. over that fear of just, I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I ha- like I'm just going to go with it. I had a social entrepreneurship class. And I remember we met a lot of business owners and, and folks that are doing big things. And one theme that came out was they would tell us, if I knew everything I know today, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Mm. Sometimes when you overknow something or overanalyze yeah. something, yeah. it's that fear of what's stopping you. And that's the same thing with me. If I would know how much work it takes to do like business and entrepreneurship and mobile boutique and retail, mm-hmm. I think I would have probably, I don't know, stepped a little back. <laughs> yeah. But the, the fear of the unknown is what kind of keeps me going. But I want to just shout out to, of course, my baby girl, Sofia Luna and Mia yes. Sol. When you hear this, I want you to just know I love you so much. Keep your crown on. Keep shining. Don't let anyone take your crown off. And you got this. Whatever you want to do. It's funny. Can I just share a story that Sophia? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, on the way home last week, we always talk about, I say, baby, you're my business partner. Come on. What are we going to do? What are we? I want her to get in that mindset. She's a, yeah. not just a boss, CEO. I want her to endless possibilities. But she was like saying, mom, when I have Mirena, I think I'm going to. And I was like waiting for her. What, are, what is she going to say? She's like, I think I'm going to do tattoos out of there. And I was like, what the heck? But, but and then in my head, I'm like, wow, that's really smart. Because a lot of folks might be scared of getting a tattoo and like a little traveling tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah, true. So I was like, wow, like she's only in kindergarten and she has these mind, this mindset that I'm like, wow, beyond me, you know. Mm-hmm. But and then shout out just to my family and friends. I love you all. And, and to the reinas out there, you all know who you are. Thank you for your inspiration and for your support. And and I really believe when we come together, we could heal a community. So I'm all about healing, empowering, and inspiring one another. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Mi reina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even say my my nana. My nana worked down the street here Uh at a retail. And I didn't learn that until I started to do mi reina. So coming back here on Congress, it brings me a little chills because she worked down the street here on Congress when my grandfather went to World War II to try to, you know, hustle and survive for her family, bring Mm -hmm. food to the table. So it's almost like, you know, full circle, these stories. And thank you for just sharing our story, but also the stories of a lot of us from Tucson. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. And I'm looking forward to hearing other stories that come after. Yes, shout out to all the nanas, the grandmas, and the aunties. Yes. Yes, the hooties. All right, well... Getting into my closing thoughts now. So, you know, it's always good to remember where we as individuals started from. Who helped lay those foundations? And how have we been able to build off of it? In our lifetime, we must have thousands of ideas, wishes, dreams, etc. But how often do we bring those things to life? Growing up as a kid, an Agap, Jugik, Ricardo Vavage's senior butt was always so good at supporting even the smallest ideas that I had. He made it seem like I could do anything. My dad, that is. And people are always willing to support. Remember that. And confidence can go a long way. 
You just have to believe it yourself. Maybe you've been sitting on an idea for a while, or you've already worked up the courage to do something that you've always wanted to do. And if so, I just want to reassure you that if it's something you truly believe in, then trust that others will believe in it too. Lots of love from your host, Tina Andrew. And thank you for tuning in to this month's episode with Selena Bajaras on Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast. 